You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Hello, Questers. You are listening to The Quest for 100, and I am... Justin, one of the two hosts today and all days that we do this podcast. And I am here with my trusty partner in crime, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Justin. Another week of quarantine. The quarantine quest continues. Yep. What are we at right now? Is this is this like oh. six or seven? Yikes. Feels I, like- I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think this is the seventh episode we've done via phone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it continues. We, we're we mostly business as usual, as as most listeners will probably know. And, you know, obviously we, we are away from each other and the recording is a little bit different, but... But from, it, it almost kind of reminds me of the early days when we used to record on phones. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have a microphone in front of me, but you uh, have just the phone. Well, I do. <laughs> I don't have that fancy technology over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is number 75, though. Yes. Thank you for bringing attention to that, because that is a big deal. We were on this quest for 100. We never really knew what it was. I think, I think it's it's probably going to be that 100th episode. And, and so the fact that we are, that we have 75 straight weeks, quarantine, vacations, craziness, like busy schedules and 75 straight weeks, we have dropped an episode. I'm impressed with ourselves. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, we got a little ways to go, but you know, my, my secretly, my one goal is to never allow the number of downloads on our highest downloaded episode reach the number that of episodes we've actually recorded. And we're getting ever so close. We're at 78 downloads of that first episode. Oh, geez. Yeah. So right. so we need some more people to start listening, tell their friends. Yeah. I, I just don't want to – I want to get over 100 uh, listens yes. to that first episode by the time we're done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I'm with you. I I think if we can reach a hundred on both on total episodes and total listens on that podcast, uh, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah. And again, like I mean, we've talked about this too. Like we haven't we invested a little bit, you especially, into like the equipment. But other than that, like we haven't really put a ton of money. It's just our time. It's it's a it's a labor of love that we we do. And hopefully, you know, you there's been interesting topics along the way but again you know 75 episodes in i just can say that i've enjoyed the dialogue i feel like i've learned so much about the most ridiculous and random things and uh in some cases i feel like i've even changed parts of my life around you know just the stuff that i learned which is pretty cool and i i I do think you know transitioning a little bit and segueing you know, sometimes we have episodes that are like everyday life, and this is one of them. Yeah, we're talking washers today, and I mean, most people I know use them. So, 
I'm, I'm intrigued to kind of learn more about, about them from a history standpoint, you know, we'll have some numbers and some cool stats to kind of look at too, but, but as, as mundane as a washing machine might be, everybody uses it. So everybody knows about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, especially in the U S it's kind of an everyday part of life. I, I do wonder sometimes how people with larger families ever stop doing laundry because I feel like myself, I'm always doing laundry and I'm just by myself. So, you know, you multiply that by four people in some cases and it just has to be like the, the washing machine is always going. If, if, you know, you have three kids or two kids and, and the rest of the family. And I mean, I feel like on every weekend I'm having to do laundry. And so I can't even imagine what it's like to have a larger family. Yeah. It's, it's probably like, I don't know about you, but it's probably like the dishwashers now during quarantine. Like I swear with the amount of cooking that we're doing and the amount of like, you know, food that we prep and everything, we are running the dishwasher every day. And my guess is with a large family for laundry, they're running it almost every day. <laughs> yeah. There's just like, throw it in the wash, throw it in the wash. And that's just kind of how you do it. But yeah. yeah. Where, where, uh, so where do you come from? So we don't bury the lead here. Where do you come from yeah. on this whole washer? Maybe even throw in a little bit of dryer in there if you want. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird thing to think back on or whatever, but, um, obviously I've, I've had a washer my and dryer my whole life, you know, even, you know, growing up, I was actually in a bigger family. So my, my mom mostly did the laundry though at a certain age, we kind of started to do it ourselves. And, and then in college, you know, when I moved up to, to state college for Penn state, um, I did two years at the main campus and I was lucky enough to be living in an apartment that had a washer dryer. So um, this wasn't even on our list, I think, but just like, I never had a house that didn't have one. And so I never had to share, I never had to use one. And though there is like one small thing that, that comes to mind that where I had to use one that wasn't like in a house, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I would say I've, I've had them my whole life. Uh, I've probably had different brands throughout my, my life. Um, yeah. I, and I currently have a whirlpool to, to somewhat older whirlpools right now. Okay. You know, what about you? It's same. Okay. Obviously I have them all throughout my life and, you know, at some point also started to do a lot of my own laundry. I, I was just thinking back to my college experience and in the dormitory for my first and my second year, so my freshman and sophomore year, I, for the life of me, cannot remember where the, the laundry room was. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I can't picture it at all. I guess even the, the first three years, that, that is, I can't picture huh. it at all, at all where I did my laundry. The fourth year, I know where that laundry room was. Cause I actually had to exit out of my, my, you know, complex and take it to, you know, another building. Cause it was like little apartment complexes. But when I was actually in the dormitory, I have, I, I couldn't tell you where they were, if they were all on the same, you know, one floor, 
and you had one per floor. I I honestly, it's like a it's a gap in my memory, gap in my like existence of having to do laundry at school. And I know I'd had to do it because, you know, playing golf, you know, I'd have to wash all my polos and all that kind of stuff uh, on a fairly regular basis because it was kind of the team uniform and we didn't have, you know, a equipment staff that could do the laundry for us or anything like that. But I just literally cannot remember where it was. It's huh. kind of weird. I Like I, you blacked it out. Yeah, I just, it must have been you know, not good experiences. I, I don't know. I have no idea, <laughs> but, um, but now, you know, in my house, I have uh, a couple GEs. So the, mm, um, okay. and my washer is top load and my dryer is front load. My mother has both front load, uh, washer and dryer. Okay. Yeah, ours ours are top load, and or sorry, top load washer. What is that? What did you say the other one was called again? Front front Just, load. Front load. Yeah, front load. Front load dryer. Um, and then my, I remember. I actually remember my mom getting new washer dryer set when we bought a new our new house. Like this was maybe fifteen years ago, and it was like this bright red, like shiny washer dryer and it looks slick it's actually still looks really slick um because I've, I've you know she still has the same set um but she got the front loads and i i don't know i felt like it made a a, a much better or much bigger difference having them it kind of blows my mind that they can do front load washers yeah yeah it's crazy and i have some stats on on that too that will be interesting to dig into all right well before we get into all that stuff uh we, we've got some news that we need to uh to check in on you're a newsman i ever tell you otherwise you punch me in the face so my news comes out of woodbridge virginia and it involves 18 year old amari dancy so she was playing hide and seek with her family and she says she told the the newspaper that she'd already hid under the bed so she decided to hide in the washer machine real smart yep okay yep unfortunately when her young cousin found her uh in the washing machine you know after playing hide and seek she couldn't get out oh no yeah so uh, the Prince William County uh, Department of Fire and Rescue had to be called, and they were fortunately able to remove the top of the washer and safely get Dancy out. Wow. I wonder if there's, like, air that gets in there or if she's, like, struggling for air. Well, Because that's got to be terrifying. So if you look at the photo, she, she actually – the top was, um, like, the lid was open – Oh, so when she was at okay. least found, she was able, you know, she she could kind of poke her head out, and so that wasn't an issue. But yeah, I, I would imagine that there's air getting in somehow. Yeah. Or maybe I she have... was sitting there with the lid slightly open. I don't know. Just the photo yeah. of, photo of her sitting in the the washer is pretty funny. I'm pulling that up now. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Okay. There she is. Just popping her head out. She, I, how old was she? 18. 18. Okay. There you go. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. No, I, I have to mention this story to, to my wife, Alyssa, because she was just telling me last night that they used to play hide and seek and her sister would hide in the washer and dryer often. And so like she was, she's a smaller build. So, you know, I'm sure she was even smaller than this 18 year old and could fit a little bit better. But like, can you imagine getting stuck in one of those? Like that's terrifying. Yeah. Dryer, dryer. Okay. I could, I could see, but you know, most washers with the little agitator in the middle, the the spinner in the middle, I don't know how you'd fit in there. I think there's an episode yeah. of um, Orange is the New Black. I think uh, one of the characters yeah. gets locked in the, I can't remember if it's the washer or the dryer, but that was like kind of their, pla- yeah. their place to go hide, right? Uh, well, they, they would hide and do some stuff in that room, but I don't think she was... Actually, you know what? Maybe they was. Yeah, I think I think they would go and just kind of hang out. There was a couple yeah. episodes where they would just kind of hang out in the washer, and then there was one where they closed the door and they, yes, got that's locked that's in. what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. I I knew that there there's been like some moments in TV that like I remember people like being in either hiding or being in washer and dryers and whatnot, and and that was probably the one I was thinking of. Interesting. Well, my news is was interesting on on two notes, and I, I'm curious your thoughts on some of this. So I, I was kind of surprised to find this, but apparently many smaller uh, farmers dry their vegetables in your average washing machine. Did you know this? In the washing machine, not the dryer? Yeah, the washing machine. Uh, no. <laughs> so, like... Basically, what they they do is they'll take their their vegetables, they'll wash all of them or whatever, which they're you know they need time to dry, and because there's so many of them, I mean the washer is literally built in a way to drain water, so people are putting it you know right in the washer to dry and and because they just you use can the hold spin, a little bit more spin cycle. Well, yeah, you can do spin or or you can even just let them sit there and and it's presumably fine. Um, but the so I didn't know that first off, so that was the first kind of shock. I was like, people are doing this, um, but apparently it's a thing. Um, and a bunch of people in in math, or a bunch of small farmers in uh, New England do this. Uh, but the big question is, is it safe? And so researchers at the University of uh, Massachusetts are looking into figuring out if it is or not. So this said. Kenicha, a co-director of the USDA-funded Northeast Center of Advanced Food Study and the UMass Amherst Food Science colleagues Lynn McLandsberg and Matthew Moore, they received a $71,000 grant from Massachusetts Department of Agriculture uh, to study and address the microbial safety risks of processing leafy greens in washing machines. So, Again, this like this was the second shocker to me was that they were received seventy one thousand dollars to do this study. Yeah, that means that it's a legit thing. People are doing it. Yeah, and they are concerned that you know there's obviously some health risks to it. So, 
According to Andrew Chamberlain, he's the University of Vermont's agricultural engineer technician, he said there's a risk of bacteria and grime that can accumulate if farmers don't know how best to spin the greens and clean the machines. And they went into a little bit of details on on it and, and how like the soaps used, like if you use it, uh, use it to wash your clothes too, like there could be other bacteria that are there. So that that was that's their hypothesis. Um, the study is still being put together and and it just got approved and all of that, but it, there's no results yet. So they're working through the logistics. So if there's if I see something an update in the next you know month or so, I'll uh, I'll update the group. But I thought it was just interesting that they are studying this and that this is something that happens. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of that, uh, nor yeah. do I think I would ever try that. Well, it, it's kind of it, well, maybe why it popped out to me is that you know we've since you know obviously Corona and everything else uh, when we go grocery shopping, what we started doing is we have this solution where you're supposed to spray all your vegetables and fruits and whatnot when you get it out of the grocery store, and um, and then you just rinse it off and then you have to dry them. And I've never really mass washed and dried vegetables before but we get a bunch of them and so like we'll use our drying rack to do it but like they're, they're just like a mound of fruit and vegetables and so like I kind of hit me I was like well maybe we could use the washer I that would never be signed off by Alyssa but but just the thought of it got me you know or the idea of it got me thinking hmm. interesting yeah. I, I would say putting it in your dishwasher to dry okay not in your washing machine yeah I yeah mean, it's, it's, it's kind of odd like why wouldn't they utilize that? Or maybe I guess the dishwasher maybe they use more often and so they can't I gotta know, think it's because with... of the spin cycle it's gotta be because of the spin cycle because I, I know there are like tools out there or you know pieces of I wouldn't say they're appliances but I, like salad spinners like that's essentially yeah. what you're doing there is is like a salad, you know, a giant salad spinner, but it's also metallic. It's also utilizing a lot of chemicals that are probably not good to ingest and so, you know, hopefully they're running a a rinse cycle of completely empty, you know, just the the entire washer is empty before they're even putting any the vegetables in there, but man that yeah, sounds I weird. I hope so, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was it was definitely odd. All right. Well, let's drop some knowledge. As we normally do, I am the history guy and Justin is the stats guy. We've already unburied the lead, so I can go right into the history. So people have been hand-washing for centuries really ever since you know the idea of a loincloth was invented uh, there's been some sort of hand washing that's that's been performed but uh, it wasn't until you know recently that the idea of a washing machine that could be automated uh, came about and actually even today it's estimated that more people wash their their clothes by hand than use a washing machine and a lot of that is mm -hmm. due to the fact that you know, you have countries like India and, and parts of China that maybe don't have electricity or, or areas where people don't can't afford to 
to have a washing machine, you know, in their house uh, on a regular basis. So, so maybe they have to yeah. hire out the hand washing um, on a weekly or, or bi-weekly basis. But in 1691, that's really the first time we see a patent for the washing machine. And, you know, obviously with a lot of this history and everything happening concurrently all throughout the world, there's a lot of debate as to when the first washing machine was actually invented. But at least from a patent perspective, it, it you know, the first thing that dates back was 1691. And then in the 18th century, uh, there was a number of other patents for washing machines. And really all of these at the time, they were enclosed containers or basins that had grooves either on the bottom or on the sides. But then they also needed these fingers or paddles to be, you know, used as agitators to assist in the scrubbing and the rubbing of the, the clothes. So there was still a, an amount of hand washing or hand, you know, agitating that uh, was still needed. And then mm-hmm. in, in the later 18th century, the idea of a rotating drum for the washing machine was introduced by H. Sidger. Uh, he was from Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And initially this started as a wooden drum, but once they started to evolve and create these as metal drums, people were actually able to put these drums over stoves or fi- fire to actually raise the water temperature and assist in the uh, washing process. In 1843, this is the first time we see that there was a patent for a washer and a wringer design. So, you know, you'd wash the clothes and then attached to the basin of of the washing machine would be a wringer and you could try to uh, wring as much of the water out. Uh, And this was actually designed by a guy named John Turnbull. Shortly after that, two Americans, James King and Hamilton Smith, they filed and received patents uh, for similar devices, and both of their devices are, are really cited as being the first true modern washers. Uh, we also saw during, you know, around this time that the shaker communities in Pennsylvania built and marketed large wooden washing machines, and they were designed for small commercial scale. And... and you know, one of the most popular of these models was actually displayed at the Centennial Exposition in Philadelphia in 1876. Hmm. We move forward to 1908 and the introduction of Thor, the first commercial electric washer. And Thor was the invention of Alva J. Fisher. And this was marketed by the Hurley Machine Company of Chicago. And it was a drum type washing machine that uh, had a galvanized tub and, you know, was used as a, a commercial use. So we don't see this coming into the homes yet. Um, it was really just, you know, large scale, you know, hotels, industries that needed the, uh, the washers on a regular basis. So the Maytag Company was, you know, pretty synonymous with washers and dryers and and just appliances in general as well as uh the whirlpool corporation you know maytag got its start in 1893 when fl maytag began uh, 
manufacturing farm implements in Newton, Iowa. His uh, business would slow every winter, and so he decided to add a new line of products. So Maytag introduced a wooden tub washing machine in 1907. I talked about the Whirlpool Corporation. So they debuted in 1911 as the Upton Machine Company in St. Joseph, Michigan, and they introduced an electric motor-driven ringer washers. In 1934, this is when we saw the first laundromat that was uh, started in Fort Worth, Texas. Huh. Okay. And then the uh, Bendix Home Appliances, uh, they introduced the first domestic automatic washing machine in 1937. This uh, appliance actually had to be anchored to the floor because uh, it had the tendency to, quote-unquote, walk when the <laughs> drum would move, as I'm, I'm sure maybe you, you know most people have experienced when you get yeah. uh, a washer out of sync and, and maybe you didn't fill it correctly. It, yep. it starts to shake and might move a little bit. Yep. So old-school washing machines actually used to use close to 50 gallons of water per wash which is just outrageous wow yeah that is a crazy amount yeah so the the hoover company they started to introduce a a true like automatic washing machine they used cartridges to program different wash cycles uh this system they called a keymatic and it used these plastic cartridges kind of like key slots and ridges on the edges so the cartridge would be inserted into a slot and the machine and the the mechanical reader would operate the machine based off of what you know key card you put in so we actually saw like different styles of wash uh, being introduced in, in the you know mid uh, 20th century in the UK and in most of Europe, electric washing machines did not become popular until the 1950s, and this was largely because of the economic impact of World War II on the consumer market, and things just really didn't recover until the 1950s. So that's really when we saw the first influx. Uh, but you know, we talk, a, you know, not a whole lot about dryers, and uh, dryers really didn't become an, a household item until about 10 years later in the 1960s because they were just too cost prohibitive, uh, especially with the number of people who, you know, were able to dry their clothes by hanging them outside or whatnot. So really the washing part was, you know, imperative, but drying Mm -hmm. and drying efficiently wasn't as important because you can just kind of hang dry, you know, most of your clothing. We skip forward to 1994 when Stabler Industries released the System 2000 washing machine, which is the only top-loading horizontal access washer uh, to be man- manufactured in the United States. Huh. Is, wait, the only top-loading? Top-loading horizontal, but, but it's a horizontal access, not a, not a vertical access. So oh. I, I don't even, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to have to, yeah, I, I don't understand. So what is to, it called? Top loading? But it, it's top loading uh, horizontal access. Oh, wow. This is a, it actually popped up in my, 
as I started to type it out. So it's interesting. Oh, so it almost like it looks like some of these are pulled out. Uh, or at least this Kenmore is you kind of pull it out, but it's still a top load. Yeah. So strange. Interesting. Yeah, I, I um, don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I'll be honest. Well, if you have one and you're listening right now, please tell us if they work or not. They seem pretty darn expensive, the good ones at least. Yeah. Uh, and then in 1999, uh, New Zealand-based Fisher Playkel introduced its Smart Drive washing machine line, and this uh, used a computer-controlled system to determine certain factors such as load size and automatically adjust the wash cycle uh, to match that. So, you know, you might have a smart system or smart setting, like I know my washer and dryer, well, I I guess technically just my washer has a smart setting for the amount of water that needs to be added to, you know, each cycle. So I don't have to set it being a small, medium, or large load or anything like that. Hmm. Yeah, but that's all I got. As you're kind of getting into those last kind of notes about it, I will say like one of the things that I've been, it's been on my boring dream list, if that's a thing, is to have a washer-dryer combo. Okay. Um, um, and I, I, when I originally fell in love with that, this idea... It, I didn't even know it existed yet, but basically what I, the way I thought about it was you have, you put your stuff in the washer, it then drops it into the dryer portion and then it runs the dryer cycle. Now I believe they have devices that are literally a combination of the two yep. and transitions into a dryer, yep. which obviously saves even more space because like they take up a big chunk of space and you know, in our, in our house is, is tight in certain spots and it'd be nice to get a little added. You can even put a little closet there or whatever, where we have our, our, um, you know, washer dryer. I I've been fascinated by that. Um, obviously there's challenges to that cause not everything you put in the washer needs to be dried. And I've learned that over time, but, um, but that's kind of been on my like bucket list and like, just, it's kind of cool to see how this stuff has advanced over the years. Yeah, I did, uh, in my apartment previous to buying a house, I had the washer dryer combo, but it wasn't like you were saying of being able to drop down or anything like that. So it did save space certainly, but it wasn't. So it was just one machine? Well, it was one machine, but everything was attached together. So like I still had to move it. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like, it it was your more, what you more traditionally think of the washer dryer combo where it's technically all one machine, but there are two separate areas that have the washer and the dryer and, you know, not the cool washer, you know, uh, rotating drum turns into the dryer rotating drum when it's completed. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking on Best Buy, LG has one that's a 14-cycle washer and 8-cycle dryer combo with steam. And that is going for uh, $1,500. So a little bit pricier than if you were to just get a washer and a dryer. 
but interesting is nonetheless. It? I mean, how, how yeah, much is a I, traditional washer and dryer? Well, I'll, I'll get into that oh. because it's time for some stats. Perfect segue. So I'll kind of start with a little bit of, you know, the, the money side of things. So revenue in uh, washing machine segment amounts for $3.97 billion in the U.S. alone. Uh, that market is expected to grow about 1.3% in the next five or so years. Uh, but with market volume of $14.23 billion in 2020, most of that revenue is generated in China. So China is making most of these products, or at least making most of the money in this. And the U.S. is at 30% of that at that 397 the market for uh, washing machines in the United States is dominated by by Whirlpool and its subsidiaries, mainly Maytag, standing in at some 46% between the two of those. And then the Chinese are also present make, mainly through the acquisition of GE appliances, which I didn't realize a Chinese company op- owns GE appliances. That, did you know that? No, I mean, uh, it doesn't surprise me, but it also GE to me is like so American that right. I mean, yeah, I mean it started in America, so uh, yeah. I, I just when you look at that, it's like Ford. It's like saying Ford is made in China. I like, was gonna say the same thing. I was gonna say it's like GM, like it's yeah. like General Motors, like GM yep. and GE. And yeah, they're just synonymous with, you know, the the yeah. Midwest, right? And so I, I, it was just kind of baffling to me that that fell in that category. But they're they're at fourteen percent, and then South Koreans are marketing um, their own brands, mostly LG and Samsung, with a combined share of eighteen percent. Wait, um, wait, LG is South Korean, and Samsung uh, are both I, South Korean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew Samsung. I, I guess LG kind of fell into that same category for me. So that that one didn't surprise me, but GE definitely did. Oh, I always just thought they were Japanese companies. But yeah, and then uh, per what you were saying earlier, so in 2020, the average price per washing mach- machine is $433. Okay. So most people, I mean, obviously it's an average uh you can get cheaper than that you can get certainly a more expensive but but yeah i i i think that was probably what i expected i i'm not i haven't technically been in the market for getting a new washer dryer though it is probably the next appliance we'll get so you know good to know that i guess good to know i don't know that's still a lot of money (laughs) yeah Um, so my when i bought my house the people who uh, I bought my house from had just bought brand new LG uh, washer and dry- dryers, and nice. so well that's the thing is they were so brand new that they decided they wanted to take them with them. So oh. I did have to buy you know washer and dryer after I oh. bought my house, but which I was that's- okay with because I I was like well I'm living by myself I don't need you know they had bought one of the big you know massive drum lg yep. uh washer dryers and so i was like yeah i don't I, I don't need that big of a thing now in hindsight i do wish because my washer just barely fits 
like a, a down comforter and some of my bigger down comforters actually don't fit in there properly. Oh, and so like, I always struggle with how, how am I going to like, how do I wash this? Like, do I take it to a dry cleaner or like, what am I going to do? Put it in the bathtub. Yeah. Wash it by hand. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, that stuff. I wouldn't have thought about that, but when those moments come, it's good to have a, a, at least a decent sized washer dryer. But yeah, so, uh, getting out of like the financial side of this, uh, there was some really, I thought, interesting stats that, that maybe the listeners and you would be interested to know. So you alluded to this earlier, but according to, to Hans Rosling, approximately two out of, this, out of seven billion people in the world have access to washing machines, which means five out of seven still wash their hand, still hand wash their clothes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when you really think about it, like you were saying, you could start to be like, okay, yeah, I kind of understand. But 70%, 70 plus percent is still really high. You, you kind of forget that this is, we live in, uh, you know, United States and, you know, a well, uh, I don't know, just like a country that has these amenities and you, you take it for granted sometimes. But, but yeah, I thought that was kind of, the number was shocking to me. I will say that, have you ever actually hand washed clothes? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think. So, so when I went to New Zealand, you know, a month ago, I just took a backpack and there's a 10 day trip or whatever. So obviously I'm not going to fit 10 days worth of clothes into a backpack. So all throughout I hand washed my clothes and, oh. you know, basically had like three of everything. So I could yeah. always have like one that, you know, I'd wash one at night and then the, that would dry for a day and then I'd be able to wear it the next day. And, um, so I did that pretty regularly. Huh. It's not that bad. Like I didn't think it was horrible. Now I don't know how clean I was necessarily getting my clothes, but I, my level of barrier is just making sure that it doesn't smell like, yeah, if I can make yeah. it not smell, you know, from, body odor or from you know going out to a restaurant and like maybe there was um you know an open fire or whatever it might be that gives you like a greasy smell on your clothes or whatever those are as long as it doesn't smell and and you know maybe you can smell a little bit of the detergent that makes it smell a little bit clean that was that was my level yeah and i mean you have to be scrappy right like you don't have enough room in your backpack to be able to you know, carry a bunch of stuff. Cause that's like, we've gone camping for long trips when we went to Banff, you know, last year. Um, and we did kind of a, what was it? Five days. I think we ended up just packing enough for each day, but we did bring laundry detergent in case we needed to, you know, do anything with it. And, um, and I am with you. Like, I don't think it's that crazy. It's just like washing the dishes, right? Like you just, you know, if you have water source and or a sink, then you can just, you know, use some soap and wash it up and hopefully it doesn't smell. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So the average family does nearly 400 loads of laundry every year. So wow. that's that kind of answers that question of what bigger families do. That's basically a load every day. Now, now I will say 
now that I'm thinking about this number, it technically, when you do the laundry, like how many loads do you do? Oh, yeah. See, yeah. And that's what I, I will say that's on the low end, don't you think? Yeah. Because I'm probably, I'm, I'm probably at, I don't know, three, maybe four, if I'm doing like towels, you know, you know, bath towels yep. and that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say we're probably around six or seven different loads each time we do it. And yeah, so now looking at that 400 number kind of makes me feel like it maybe is closer to once a week, right? But larger families obviously bringing that number of, of loads up. But if you're doing five to seven loads every single week, that's that probably adds somewhere up there. I don't know. I'm not doing the math in my head right now, but I guess that's on par then. Initially, I thought it was a lot, but I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I, I don't think I think 400 is probably on the low end. I wanted to run the number. So, if you run the um, if you run the laundry once a week, let's look at this 400 average, and let's say that that average person does one load a week. That means that the, every week they are doing 7.67 loads that week, and so. From that standpoint, that's pretty accurate to, you know, Alyssa and I. And we probably would fall under that mainly because I, I think a lot of people, probably like us, have a lot of different clothes. And so you can go a long period of time without actually having to do even, I mean, if you're working out every day, like, you, you don't, most people don't have a million pieces of workout clothes, but like, you know, I usually have a lot. And so, I can kind of just be like, ah, you know, we don't feel like doing the laundry this week. That's fine because I have a ton of extra clothes that I can just ignore, you know, the laundry and it just continues to build up. We really only do it when, and I say we very loosely, it's mostly Alyssa, but you know, we typically only do it, you know, once every other once, maybe once a week, but sometimes every other week for laundry. So anyway, so we were so talking about loads there, but so the top loaders, we, I mentioned this earlier that I would have a stat on this. The top loaders use an average of 7,000 more gallons of water than front loaders per year. So interesting thing to think about if you're looking at buying a new, a new washing machine you will find that washing machines that are uh, the the front loader versus the the top loader are a little bit more, more expensive up front, but over time they probably actually pay for themselves to get that you know front loader uh, versus the top loader. But just from from the amount of money that you're spending in in water bills, um, so I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that. That my mind went to okay. I want to crunch the numbers and figure out um, how much you're actually saving. But it's kind of like buying what is it like the um, eco-friendly cars and like to save on gas and and all of that. Like how much are you actually saving per year for the added um, costs? But um, so a couple other fun stats that uh, Whirlpool had a study on laundry a few years ago and, and just like how people operate. Um, and so half 
of Americans admit to ruining their clothes in the laundry? Would you would you be in that half that admits that, Brian? Um, no, I don't think I've ever ruined a piece of laundry. I really, I've um, I I had a, I guess a uh, pot holder that I did turn to a nice shade of pink one time because I have a lot okay. of. A lot, a lot of you know, dish towels that are red, and the pot holder was a white with uh, some fish on it, and it is now okay. a light pink color. But in terms of, <laughs> in terms of actual clothing, I don't think I've ever ruined anything. Okay. How about you? I am. De- I'm definitely on the opposite of that. I mean not. I do it all the time by any means, but I have definitely, you know, especially in the early years of doing laundry, put the wrong thing, you know, put a red sock or with the, you know, all the other socks and then they turn pink Um, or like new clothes tend to sometimes have colors run a little bit. I've had shirts ruined that way. Um, It's definitely happened multiple times in my life. And, and to kind of, to speak to that as well. So 32% of women admit to shrinking their clothes and 21% of men admit to it. I can say that uh, I have, and both myself and my wife have shrunk my clothes. It's usually my clothes as I'm sure you can relate as a tall person. I have a long torso. And so I have had many a shirts when I get a, you know, whether it was a large or a medium at the time or whatever, they would shrink up and they'd still fit me fine, except for they would become belly shirts and I would have to not ever wear them again. Hmm. Um, so that happens, has happened to me many times, even in my adult life, which really sucks because sometimes you get a cool shirt you want to rock and you wear it one time and then you can never wear it again because it's, it, it's showing too much midriff. Yeah, I I see here's the thing. I don't know if I ever noticed that because I always feel like shirts like I I mean I wear a lot of polos. So polos yeah. the sizes of polos vary so greatly even within companies that yep. I have some that are very short in the like sleeve area that are yeah. you know extra large is the size I wear. They're extra large and they're very short in the sleeve area, but I feel like they were always short in the sleeve area. And then I have extra larges or even larges that are really long in the sleeve area that I always feel like they were long in the sleeve area. So like that's where I always I always struggled to remember like okay, was it actually like this or did I screw it up in the wash? Yeah. I mean, there's still stuff that I like I can I'm much more flexible to deal with if the sleeves shorten, like whether it's a short sleeve or a long sleeve, I'll still probably wear it. Um, but, but it's the, it's the shrinking of the torso area that just happens so often. You don't want to show off the midriff, huh? No, I don't. And, and I don't, like, I will say side note, like I, I, I guess I knew this existed with like big and tall and all that other stuff. And I'm not like a giant. So, 
you know, I never really thought to, to shop there, but, but I was actually at um, a store and they have, uh, it was a, it was the Seahawks store actually where they sell Seahawks merch and they have a, a taller, um, I think they're called like hands up is the brand, um, which is a weird kind of name for it, but basically they're made for people when they put their hands up and cheer and oh, interesting. It, you don't like have the midriff issue that I always have. And that might be my favorite shirt that I own because it's like perfect for me. Cause it's, it's not like super long on me by any means. Um, and I can move around freely. It's like a normal long sleeve shirt, but I, I love it. Like it's, it's perfect. And, and most other brands do not make shirts and, and often are shrunken in the washer dryer uh, without me realizing it. Um, so it's it's a pretty common thing for me. We are um, off the rails now. <laughs> we are totally off the rails. But that's okay. That's that's classic questing. So I'm okay with it. But I all right, well, I'll jump back into a couple other quick quick stats. So one out of five people say that washing machine settings are confusing. And men are more likely than women to say that. Um, I do think that that is... There's there's a uh, um, some people say in like relationships and stuff like if you don't want to do something, then just fail at it, and then you'll never have to do it again. Yeah, yeah. And I do feel like sometimes I mean I don't do that because I, I don't mind helping when when I am thinking about it, but but that's something that I know some people do and be like oh it's super complicated or they'll screw something up, and then it comes down and then they'll never. <laughs> They'll never have to do it again because they screwed it up. So I am curious if that's why the percentage is higher. It was 17% for women and 23% for men to to say that uh, it's too complicated. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then a couple real quick, a couple uh, interesting records. Uh, so the smallest washing machine measured 60.61 millimeters by 59.41 millimeters. Um, basically and, a square. And what was it washing? Uh, not sure, uh, but it was a working washing machine, and it was achieved by Gaia Prasad Arawal of India uh, in 2019. And interesting enough, he's the current holder of another record, uh, such as the smallest working drill and smallest working power tool which I thought was interesting. Miguel Basteros and Jose Francisco Docio del Pablo, wow, that is a long name, both from Spain, managed to toss a washing machine weighing 47 kilometers or 103 pounds, a distance of 6.37 meters or 20 point, uh, or twenty feet, basically, or almost 21 feet. They were able to toss it together. Um, that's the current Guinness World Record. And the last one, which I actually ended up watching a video on because I was fascinated by it. You talked about that, was that like the inner chamber and the spin cycle sometimes getting off and like, you yeah. know, yeah. being very rattly and whatnot. So there is a Guinness World Record that was accomplished by, it was LG and uh, who's the, what's the guy's name? It was, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name, but he basically holds the records for a bunch of tallest 
card towers and he spent 12 hours building a card tower like a a tree a, a you know card i guess whatever card tower on top of a working operating washing machine and he set the record for that i mean it's a ridiculous record but the fact that you could build a card that was it was 48 stories or 3.3 meters um which i guess the challenge is 20 stories so he way out did that it was 20 decks of cards and 10,800 cards while he did it on it and it, it's just crazy it's fascinating how one that these things exist but also that uh that it happened and they accomplished that it was pretty crazy i'll have to send you the video it's it's kind of wild to watch hmm. okay but that was it all right all right well let's jump into some friendship tests we just become best friends yep all right, Justin, we've, we've gone really off the rails, so we got to do this quick. So okay. first one's real easy. Powder, liquid, or pod uh, dishwashing, or not dishwashing, uh, laundry detergent? Uh, I'm, we are liquid. Same. I used, to be, I used to be powder. Now I've switched to liquid. Never even really tried the pod thing. Yeah. We do pods for la- or for dish detergent, but never done pods for laundry, and also never done powder to my knowledge, or at least not not knowingly. Hmm. All right, do you? I, I'm I'm curious on this one, Brian. Do you sort by colors? Do you sort by types of items? Like, what's your methodology for how you sort your wash? I am a sorter by colors, and it pretty much runs uh my color palette in my wardrobe is pretty simple so the way i kind of break it down is you have your lights and that will be the whites and and the lighter grays and then you'll have the darks which will be you know your blacks and dark grays and then you know blues as well would i would throw in there and then the only real kind of off color that I have is red so typically I'll do reds by themselves as well okay yeah I uh it's funny like this was something that was very odd like my my mom was maybe I got this from my mom which is kind of strange but I I used to only sort by colors where it was just like light in a dark load like you just do a light and a dark load and you put them in and may I think that was um, honestly, my mom's way of dealing to your earlier note with like a large family, like I was the youngest of five. And when you had so many kids and whatever, you'd just be like, all right, there's a light load, there's a dark load. And, you know, you just run them all through instead of sorting everything. So I came in with that background. I didn't really care. Sometimes I would have things get screwed up, but for the most part, it was light and dark. And um, marrying Alyssa and her family background it is very different like it's you have your warm cycles and your cold cycles and your delicates and your you know also colors and like it there's i mean we i i when i say we do seven or eight loads every time it's different types of clothing in each one of them that are by different variations um and that was very new to me and so when i 
I wouldn't say the machine is complicated, but what I will say is sorting the laundry is complicated. <laughs> and therefore yeah. I am not the best at it. And also like I have mistakenly, you know, put a load in and I'll put it on, you know, hot accidentally because I didn't shift the setting or, uh, you know, those types of things that you're supposed to be washing these things at different settings. And I, again, I grew up, you just put clothes in and <laughs> you had two different loads and that was it. So it's definitely been some learning for me. And I know she got that from her family. Um, her, her mom is very, you know, regimented with how she washes things. Yeah. But, how, how often do you wash your jeans? Um, I, yeah, I think th this is an interesting debate and I think a lot of people on, I, I was looking on the internet there's a lot of people that are very polarized on this. I am someone that, and I guess this is more in terms of how many times you will wear jeans before you wash them. Right, right, right. Um, and for me, I'm comfortable with like, I don't know, four times three or four times wearing a pair of jeans and you know sometimes we'll wash them more frequently and, um but i think i fall in that range i don't know if that's good or bad um what were you what, finding you online at? what were you finding online before well i, I just like so, some people just view it as a regular clothes right like you wear a shirt you wash it right hmm. um and so some people are very much like that. And, and some people are like, no, jeans are more flexible. You should be able to wear them multiple times. And so, you know, but I don't know what, mo I mean, some people I know are in like, oh, you could wear jeans for a week straight and then you wash them. Yeah. And that to me seems a little high, but um, so I'm probably somewhere in the middle a little bit, but what about you? I'm probably two to three. I will say, I, I think we've talked about this before, but I, used to not wear jeans i didn't like jeans they're too yes. they were too restrictive to me so when we were talking about swishy swishy jeans swishy pants swishy jeans our first sponsor we're one of our first sponsors <laughs> yes um and so you know now when i wear jeans i'll probably wear them two or th uh, maybe three times more on the, more than likely two but i'm also not somebody that like if i'm doing laundry it I and I throw in jeans after wearing them once. I don't really care. The one thing I will say is that when you wash jeans, they become stiff, and so they are, you know, they're not easy to like bend down in, and and like tying my shoes all of a sudden becomes <laughs> a little bit harder, or like putting on socks or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, that's I, true. I guess I never thought about that. I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess it it, it is true though. Yeah. Um, but um, interesting. Yeah. The last question before we get into the delusional thinking, um, this is a little bit on the back end of the laundry conversation, but um, I, I don't, I don't know if this has come up in, in our socks episode maybe, but, but Alyssa and I have very different folding styles. Yeah. How, how do you fold? Let's just say a shirt. Let's just keep it simple. A t-shirt you are folding. Can you explain to me how you fold it? Yeah, I don't think if it's... you fold it, I hope you're folding them because I know you don't fold sort your socks. Well, I will honestly hang up most of my shirts, most of them are polos, oh, right? So, or or even my nice t-shirts, I will hang up. I hate wrinkles, hate wrinkles. Oh, so okay. Steamer, the portable steamer is my number one purchase that I've I've 
got. Like it, it's just yes. an amazing tool because I hate ironing, but I love. I could steam things all day. Anyways, real uh, <laughs> for folding, what I typically do is I will fold the shirt in half, you know, so that it's symmetrical, um, you know, at, uh, down the the middle seam, and then I will uh, fold in the arm and then lay it uh, lay it over top, and then fold it once more so that it's kind of like a somewhat like a squarish looking thing. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I know. You know, I have done the uh, fold in the arms and, you know, more like the uh, retail store fold yep. as well, but I never get that one right. So I just always go back to my <laughs> fold in half, make it symmetrical okay. and, and yeah. It's interesting you said, so uh, I would say, uh, so you are the same as Alyssa in how she folds clothes. And I am the opposite. Um, I am the way that you occasionally will do. And I fold in the arms. And I, my big thing is, like, I want to be able to see what the shirt is. And I have a lot of T-shirts. And, um, and it's the professional way to fold clothing. Like, literally, stores are doing it. So that's the right way to do it. And it, it, what's interesting to me when you talk... It's right, well, it's, it's the right way yes. for display. Yes, but not also for this. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is there are probably more or higher odds that you will have a um, wrinkle or crease in your shirt by folding them in half than you will doing it the professional way. True. So it is interesting that you you I know you hang up most of your shirts. So you don't need to worry about it that much, but. But when you do, I would say the other way is is safer for less wrinkles. You are correct. That's why yeah. sometimes I will do it the other way. There. If there. I know I need I if I know that the shirt will wrinkle. But most of the shirts that I do this for, I, I are like my athletic shirts, so they don't wrinkle. Okay. At all, so. But yeah. uh yeah, we have been off the rails since you know the beginning of this and and you know, maybe like a washing machine, we're just kind of walking because we're way out of balance because we're not across from each other. But uh, let's get into yeah. some delusional thinking. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Hi, Brian. So this comes in from our friends at Reddit, and they are curious. Would you rather have a giant refrigerator? And a tiny washer, like a clothes, you know, washing machine. Yeah. Or the other way around, where you have a very large washing machine and a tiny refrigerator. Where do you stand with this? Yeah. This is hard. I. The the problem with the refrigerator is that that directly has to do with my health and well-being right mm. if if i go small refrigerator that means less you know produce and and things that need to be kept cold or i'm making more yeah. often runs to the um grocery store yeah and i just don't know if i can do that i i don't know if i can do a like being someone who has just gone on a 10 day trip in a backpack and I wash my own clothes 
I mean, when we're talking tiny, how tiny are we talking? I mean, not the world record for tiny, but, but like, I, I, like if I, could I fit a shirt in there? Two shirt shirts, like you. Uh, you can fit. We're gonna say really. We're gonna okay. So I'm thinking mini fridge, and so almost kind of like okay, a okay. comparable comparison to a mini to fridge. A mini fridge yeah. to a regular fridge. So you could fit a couple shirts, maybe yeah. three. Okay. In there. Okay. But like one pair of jeans probably. Oh and, and yeah, yeah. One like one sweatshirt and yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I am. I am undoubtedly going for the giant refrigerator and the tiny washer because I feel <laughs> like I could get by and wash things by hand. But yep. man, I could not go. You know. Without, I mean, essentially, uh, well, one, I love cold water, so I have to have, like, I'm not going to drink enough water if I don't have cold water. You know, in my refrigerator right now, I have a bunch of eggs, I have cheese, uh, which, refrigerating eggs... They didn't refrigerate eggs in New Zealand, so that that baffled me. But and, oh, and, really? Anyways, yeah, that's weird, right? Um, I mean, they were probably way healthier because they didn't have. I I don't know. I don't know. They just didn't. That's, they that's didn't. Super strange. Yeah, I I was thrown off, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> I think the water would be the biggest thing. I just need cold water. Like I like things cold, so. Yeah. Then, then also to th- to factor in there that you would have a very small freezer, and so ice, uh, you know, a frozen pizza, which I might have after you know we're done recording here. It might be my dinner yeah. today because it's getting kind of late. But yeah. you know, th- those are things that I would be missing out on. I can handle washing things by hand, or you know, constantly having to do. you know a load of laundry like all the time and when i'm home so i could get by that's my that's my thought what about you now now before i give my answer would it change your opinion if the freezer was a a normal size but the wash or the um the refrigerator was was quite small like almost like the freezer was bigger than the the washing machine or i want to say the wash bigger than the refrigerator but the um, but the refrigerator is still small. Would that change things for you? Um, hmm, that'd make it hard. That that'd make it interesting. It'd yeah, make it really interesting. Because I I've I actually am with you on your analysis of this. Because yes, like I I would honestly the tiny clo- the cl- tiny washing machine is something that. I would almost not use. Like it's almost like just get out of here. Um, oh, I'd still use it. I'd still use it. I would find way. Like I would do socks in it or something like that. Um, but it just doesn't seem very practical to be using that very often. It just seems more work than it's worth. No, 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 um, no, no. Because then, then it's it's very efficient. So it's probably done in fifteen minutes. So it's. I, I it, guess. It's not running for the full, you know, forty-five minutes or whatever. It's probably done in, in maybe even ten minutes. It's literally like going to be 
churning and and you know it's going to be efficient um but yeah with with the freezer being bigger i still don't think because i mean i have some you know a good amount of stuff in my freezer but like at the end of the day i don't have nearly as much stuff in my freezer as i do like if i were to say oh i have a tiny wash or tiny refrigerator but um, i have the same size freezer as i have right now that doesn't really do me any good yeah at the end of the day yeah i I feel like a a mini fridge is like maybe for a like bachelor pad type thing where you're not there that often you know you have a couple things in the fridge and but like a day like daily living you know to have a small i mean we have a mini fridge and it's full of beer (laughs) well yeah it's like, like i had one in college and yeah the things that I ate in college because I just had a mini fridge and, and like access to a microwave, there is no way that I could healthily eat that now. Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think that alone, just like, again, if, and if money wasn't a factor, I think maybe I would kind of start to consider like, all right, well then I could just eat out more. And I wouldn't, I would be okay. But, but even then, like if you're trying to eat healthy, if you're trying to like have the ability to have food readily available for you, you need a big fridge. You need a big fridge. And, and I think I can take or you the get sex, it delivered like, every day. You get, you get your, you know, produce and everything delivered every day. Well, yeah, I guess you could, you could do that. Like but the old school you, milkman, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I, I I mean the options are there. I just feel like I'm with you and I, I just I'm less scared about a tiny washer than I am about a tiny refrigerator. And I, I will agree with you on this topic today. Well, uh, we have what where are we at time, Brian? Do we do we save the day or are we still over what our usual time is? Uh we are well over. Well over? Darn it. All right. I thought we were doing better. No, well, yeah. somehow we talked for over an hour about washing machines because that's what we do. That's what you come here to listen to us for. Cool. Well, until next time. Uh, oh, you know what? I completely forgot to play our music. I'm off <laughs> my game. Uh-oh. I'm off my game. Can you... I guess yeah. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to play my play the music. <laughs> Cue go, the music. Yeah, go through your thing again. Okay. Well, it's about that time. So, really appreciate you guys. You, you've listened to us for an hour now on washing machines. Uh, that's just crazy. But I was entertained. I thought it was a pretty good episode. So, um, but if you like this or other random episodes find another episode tune into that or just send us some love by subscribing on apple google spotify um or really wherever our podcasts are getting thrown out there um and uh follow us on twitter at quest for 100 or on facebook and instagram at quest for 100 podcast all right until next time on the quest for 100 100